Hi, everyone, and welcome to Our Story Plugged In. My name is Liza Collar. As a continuation of our Meet the Team series, team members Molly and Sam talk about small world moments, music as a way to transport a person back to a memory, and the joy of human connection. Hi, everyone. I'm Molly, and I'm here with Sam. Hello. And we're both on the Our Story team and have been for a very long time. And today, as part of our Meet the Team series, we're just going to have a long and winding chat with one another. We'll cover things from bikes to children to putting our skis straight down the mountain. We'll find out that we're, even though you wouldn't think it, a finance major and an English major are much more similar than you would think. I hope it's as enjoyable for you guys as it was for us. What is your major then? English. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Books. <laughs> Books and writing. <laughs> How fun though. I, it's so fun. It's like mostly fun, which is like slightly concerning. Yeah. You know, with the future on the horizon. Yeah. But like great while you're in it, you know? What about you? What's your um, I'm a finance major, econ minor, fintech concentration. What? Oh my god, Sam, I would have said like, I don't even know, like art history or something. <laughs> I know, I don't come across as a finance major. Wait, so no, I, finance, tell me about that. I don't know anything about anything in the business world. Like, what What drew you to it? Um, my parents are both business people. My dad has his CFA and my mom has her CPA. So I was kind of, those are the... I, know, I was going to say, there's a vacancy in my eyes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The CFA is basically like the big finance okay. certification thing. Okay. Like you take the test for that and yeah, then yeah. the CPA is the accounting one. Oh, okay, yes. This so is familiar. My parents are both business people. They met at their first jobs after graduating college. They met in L.A. at um, Arthur Anderson. Um, Are you from L.A.? I'm not from L.A. I'm from Arizona, but my dad grew up in L.A., um, went to UCLA, and then my parents met there. And so my parents are both business people, and I've always been good with numbers and people, so I was like, business just Yeah, Um, really does. Yeah, and... I came here and every business class I was in just kind of like solidified that like, yeah, this is cool. Like, I like doing this. That's um, so exciting. And I don't exactly live up to the, the reputation. <laughs> I know. I know. Sorry about my genuine shock. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and that's okay with me, you know? Um, I'm okay not living up to that, to that reputation. I feel like lately people have been more and more surprised that... Mm. I am a finance major, which is so, which is indicative of growth. But I it's think. also like what like I feel like I'm so far removed from the business world that I don't even like I don't even like have a concept for like what a bit like a finance major <laughs> should be. I was just like, oh, so. so do you wanna do you know what kind of business you wanna? Yeah. So I think the long term goal I wanna start a nonprofit. But cool. In order to get there, you kind of gotta build contacts, connections, um, make some money first, so that you I was can, gonna say to give it away, <laughs> yeah. and to make it so that I can go a few years without having an income if need be. Yeah. So the plan is, I have a job post grad. Um, oh my God! Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm working at an investment bank. Um, oh, why not? <laughs> why not? You go big. You know what I mean. And I'm doing broadly syndicated loans. It's 
like I wanted half numbers, half people. I was going to say, it kind of sounds fun. It is. Which I never thought I would say about a business job, but it does <laughs> sound fun. And my team's super cool. So. Is it here? Yeah, it's in New York. 54th and Madison is my oh office. So. Oh my god. Living the dream. You honestly. like really have an image of your life next year. That's amazing. It's kind of scary though. Like this is what I'm going to be doing for the next couple of years and that's just solidified and yeah. no kind of control over that but you know it's kind of nice to know I, that is so did you intern at this company like yeah. cuz you know your team yeah i worked there last summer and they're wonderful people it was virtual so the moment i knew that this company was the place for me was when um, they told us that the 10 week internship was shortened to 5 they were still paying us for all 10 and they wanted us to spend the first 5 weeks volunteering and that's when i knew that oh wow that's was, yeah oh, so there's some ethics going on yes. in this place i like this up yeah, very excited. Um, Do you know where you're living? No, so I'm actually looking at a place tomorrow. I'm living with my best friend and oh. his best friend from home. Um, my best friend is going to law school at NYU, hopefully, like 95%. Yeah. He's gotten in, he's gotten a scholarship, he just has to tell them yes. Oh so we're looking God. at places starting tomorrow. I'm so excited. You guys really like are giving me hope. You have a real like live setup. Is he your Fordham best friend? Yes. Okay. Um, he was sitting next to me in the first class I ever attended at Fordham. That was my next question exactly was what is your Fordham meet cute? He was sitting next to you? Yeah. Oh my God. I think the way we started talking was I asked him if he's ever been on a Kairos retreat. I saw the Kairos cross around his neck. Yeah. And asked him, I was like, have you ever been on a Kairos retreat? And that's how we became best Had friends. Had you been on a Kairos yeah, retreat? Yeah, I directed a Kairos retreat. Ugh. Yeah, so that's oh our meet cute. What a meet cute. So you went to, a is that a Catholic thing? Yeah. Catholic uh, high school. Catholic high school. Okay. Um, and a lot of Jesuit high schools do it. Yeah. Like, so you went to Catholic high school in Arizona. I did. How was that? Um, I've never been to Arizona or Catholic school. So these are like, well, I guess now I am, but Catholic <laughs> high school. Arizona is a lot slower paced. Have you been in 115 degree heat? I've been in 122 degree heat. How do you, how do you, you live? Just you just don't go Okay. What kind of Arizona? I live in Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Okay. I don't know anything about Arizona. <laughs> I think I was there when I was little, but insane. It's a great place um, from October to April. Yeah. And then it becomes a not great place for six months. But you know, it happens. Where are you from? It's insane. I'm from Pittsburgh. Okay. I feel cool. like we're from two random places. Yeah. Given <laughs> where we are. I like meet people and they're like, Pitt, what? Who? <laughs> um, so you went to public school in Pittsburgh. I went to public school. I went to the same like school district, K through 12. And it was like small for public schools. So like of my graduating class of like 150, I'd known 80% of them since I was six. Meeting people with like, who like met new friends in high school and like all of that stuff. I'm like, that's crazy to me because when I talk about like my best friends, it's like people I've known since I was three years yeah. old, you know, which has its upsides, but then also definitely downsides. By the time you're like a senior and you're 18, you're like, please, a new face, yeah. anywhere, anyone. Like, come on. I get that. Um, I had a fair amount of transition. I went to a public elementary school, a charter middle school, and then a Catholic high school. And there was wow. only one person who did all of it with me. And she's still one of my closest friends. I was going to say. That's a bond. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, a lot of transition. Over Do you feel like you kind of, like, did a moment of reinvention at each, like, Definitely. new school? Definitely. Because um, it was kind of, like, if you look at it, you can kind of see 
see them as these different periods of my life. Yeah. I'm so happy we've grown past all of them. Yeah. I'm very happy with who I am now. <laughs> Not so much eight years ago. The getting there is always the... It's all growth, you know? So eight years ago. What, what was eight years ago? Was that sixth grade, Sam? That was... You're eighth grade, Sam. Oh, God. I'm so, <laughs> I haven't done numbers in so long. Me just grabbing that middle school year. Okay, what was eighth grade, Sam, like? Oh, God. What was she into? The Patriots. Big into the Patriots. Random. Okay. Oh, I guess Boston. Yeah. Um, she really liked knee-high socks. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone listening, I almost choked on my green tea. <laughs> strong faith probably stronger than Sam today um, okay yeah I spent middle school kind of developing that initial religious identity yeah um, and it's grown and matured and shifted since but I think middle school was like the defining okay we're Catholic kind of thing is your family Catholic yeah okay um, was it like you were like was it pressure from them at all or were you just like you know what this is my thing it definitely was not any pressure whatsoever like i sang at mass um once a month as a kid and then going into high school i sang once a week um so we've always attended mass we've always gone to like all the big days celebrate yeah. the holidays parade whatever but uh, my parents were never like look this is something you have to do it okay. was always like i'm going you can come yeah um, which is really cool but that's then cool the girl that did all of my schooling with me she was going she went to a different parish than me um and they had a better middle school youth program so she's like look you should just come um, and we started going in sixth grade and went on all these really like transformative retreats Whoa. together as middle schoolers. Yeah. And, and I kind of developed this very individual identity in my relationship with God, which was kind of cool. That's like, so as a, cool. As a sixth grader? Yeah. I'm like, damn. That really like... That's such a unique trajectory, I feel like, for religion. To, like, kind of come to it as you're trying to, like, come to terms with, like, all the awkwardness of middle school. Yeah. That's, are, would you consider yourself religious still to this day? Yes. Um, very differently because as a middle schooler, I definitely just kind of like, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. Versus now, after being here for four years, it's kind of been, like, I'm allowed to question everything. I'm allowed to not agree. I'm allowed to explore. I'm allowed yeah. to wonder why things are the way they are and ask those questions and so my religious identity is more in like a I still believe in God and have a strong relationship with God but it's more like okay well let's like look at this analytically yeah. and ask why bad things happen and that kind of thing so middle school me definitely took it as it was and now I'm more like okay let's dish this out why are we like let's get into the nitty gritty (laughs) that's awesome wow that's such a trajectory I'm thinking of my own like religious experience because I was raised Catholic because my mom is like fresh off the boat from Ireland so like came here when she was like 25 so she was like culturally Catholic yeah you know where it's just like no one even like asked if you were Catholic in Ireland in the 80s. You yeah. just were, because yeah. everyone was. And so, so I was raised Catholic, and my mom was my CCD teacher actually oh, wow. for the first few years, which was awesome. I loved that. But by the time confirmation came around, I feel like I was like, oh, I don't know about this, because yeah. I came from a pretty conservative town. And then in high school, actually, I was not a part of this, but there was like a wave of like 
I feel like I can only describe it as like new world Christianity. Like the like young life crowd came and set up shop. And my entire, like a large majority of my high school experienced this like, I feel like it was like the third grade awakening, you know, like people were like shaking in the stands yeah. kind of thing. And one of my closest friends like had a very kind of like really impactful and like beautiful for her, but like deep dive into religion. And I feel like in my town, it was kind of like packaged along with like a lot of conservative beliefs that yeah. I adhere to. So I just like really moved away from it. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the coolest things about going to Fordham at first, I was like, oh, Catholic school, yeah. like, oh God, who, you know, like angsty senior year Molly was like, oh, I can't believe this. Um, but I think like one of the coolest things about Fordham has been like taking these religion classes and like looking at it as a discipline Yeah, has like... I don't, definitely, I mean, it's definitely, like, changed my own relationship to everything in terms of, like, I don't know. Senior year Molly was just, like, there is no God, there's no such thing as divinity, like, science rules, and just, like, really hard line. Obviously, science does rule, but, you know, I'm a big fan of science still. But I feel like being able to, like, study religion has, has definitely caused me to, like, kind of, as you were saying, like, come to terms with, like, you know what? I can, like, hold two truths at once. Yeah. I might not have all the answers or, like, the exact framework I'm looking for, but, like, I can also think that, like, you know, maybe it's not just us. And this kind yeah. of, like, nebulous in-between yeah, totally. isn't, you know, terrible. Yeah, so how did you find and choose Fordham? Oh, phenomenal question. I, like, genuinely am unsure. I think it was uh, email I got about like some kind of just like free admission waiver and then I came to New York on like a rampage and visited like random schools looking back really weird not NYU because my parents were like you know too expensive so I visited like St. John's and the new school and like Pace yeah. All random. I'm like not that artsy. I don't know. But then we just like me and my mom happened by Lincoln Center and we didn't even take a tour. But I was like for some reason like walking onto the Lincoln Center campus and like all of a sudden the city being drowned out, I was like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. Like this is perfect, not sidewalk school. So I meant to apply to Lincoln Center. Imagine my surprise when I got accepted to Rose Hill and I was like, Oh, I don't that's weird that they've decided to name their school, Fordham University, Rose Hill, like that's long and wordy, whatever. (laughs) And then I was like, oh wow, two campuses, oh my god, in the Bronx, what? So I didn't mean to apply to Rose Hill, but then I got in, and I came and visited, and kind of similarly, I was like, this is a cool, like, both worlds kind of situation. And that's kind of, that was, that was me. What about you? Four or five years ago, what what were you doing? Uh, So I always kind of knew I wanted a Jesuit school with a good business school in a big city. Oh. Um, So Fordham checks all my boxes, obviously. Right. Um, But there were a couple other schools on my list and then a couple schools that didn't check the boxes. Like, I, at the end, I was kind of deciding between Fordham, Seattle U, and then UC Berkeley was on my list for some okay. reason. Um, 
and there are there's a multitude of reasons that I didn't choose UC Berkeley, but my dad and I came to Fordham that April, like the day after spring preview. Uh, yeah. And we were here, and I just instantly felt so supported here. I kind of call it on tour. I call it like the everyone holds the door mentality. Yeah. Because not only do you see everyone literally holding the door open for other people, but you also kind of like feel that spirit everywhere you go. Yes. Like I feel like everyone here wants you to succeed and lets you know that they want you to succeed, whether it be like your classmates or your professors or the deans or even like the people in the cast. Yes. Like everyone we talked to was so willing to like stop and talk to us. And my dad had like all the questions, you know? Oh, yeah. And I had gotten into the belly honors and so the cars just kind of like fell the way they did and I have never looked back. Um, so I'd say that like everyone holds the door mentality thing has definitely been the most consistent part of yeah. being here for me, uh, which is really cool. What's been your like smallest world for it? moment I have two I have two small mm. Florida moments um, <laughs> about a year ago I was covering a Ram Van shift for a friend I was doing the Valentine's Day late night dispatch shift, <laughs> and I was sitting in the office and one of the drivers comes in and we're chatting and um, I'm like this kid looks familiar um, don't really know where I know him from and then like he comes in a couple more times throughout the night and we're just talking the whole time and it's like 4 a.m. Is when he, he a driver? Back. Driver. Okay. And we start talking and realize we're both from Arizona and then we start putting the dots together. <laughs> Our sisters were in the same charity group together. What? And we live a mile from each other. What? That's and, insane. <laughs> and then we went home and started hanging out. Like, I go on hikes with this kid when I'm at home. Oh, my and God. It's just because we live so close to each other. And I met him by chance covering someone else's shift at the Ram Van. Okay, small world. Um, and then my other one... There's a kid that I had known since freshman year. Um, we lived in the same residence hall. And my younger sister went to Northeastern this past year. Um, she was talking to this girl on her floor. And they were like, and she's like, oh yeah, my sister goes to Fordham. And the girl's like, my brother goes to Fordham. And it turns out, I know this kid and my sister knows his sister. And we just like happened to all be friends with each other. Okay, that is insane. <laughs> that, I, things like that are just blow my mind. Yeah. What's yours? My, without a doubt, smallest world for a moment, my first ever class was an intro to art history class in FMH and I came in late, classic form for me. Yeah. And I sat down and I turned to the girl next to me and I was like, oh my God, have I like missed anything? And she was like, no, no, no don't worry the professor's just handing something out and I was like okay great and then I was like you know what it's like the first day of college I've got to like try and make a friend yeah. here and I was like what's your name and it turned out she was from Venezuela and I was like oh so weird my one of my best friends in high school moved from Venezuela our junior year and she was like oh my god no way what's her name and I was like all right we're not about to play the name game yeah. with a country but I was like okay fine her name's Emiliana and this girl looks at me and she goes oh and is her last name Ariaga and I was like yeah? And she was like, oh my god, no way. That is one of my closest family friends since I was a child. And I was like, what? I was like, you're kidding. <laughs> no way. I immediately texted Emmy and I was like, I just met one of your closest family friends. And she was like, no way, the one who goes to Fordham. And I was like, yes, the one who goes to Fordham. <laughs> That's someone else. <laughs> it was great. I was just like, 
And then I had to take my first college class, which I was so, you know, like, yeah. uh, furiously <laughs> scribbling notes about the syllabus. Meanwhile, I was like, this isn't, because I come from a tiny town. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah, no, that's so, I definitely feel you about the whole, like, freshman year frazzled thing. Mm. Um, I was stupid and broke my wrist three weeks into freshman year. How? Um, this is actually kind of a fun story. So I was taking classes with um, some of the honors kids, and one of the kids, I could tell like right off the bat, he was one of the most like independent and free-spirited people I've ever met. And I was like, this is him. This is the kid I want to be friends with. And he, we were chatting one day, and he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to go rollerblading. Um, you should join me at some point. And I was like, heck yeah, I will. <laughs> So yes. <laughs> I buy kids' size rollerblades on Amazon. Oh. My feet are a size two. Awesome. <laughs> so I buy these rollerblades. I practice by going around Eddie's. I am not good. And our other friend is joining us. Um, she used to play hockey in high school. Okay. And so she's comfortable on the skates. The other kid's comfortable on skates. And I'm like, <laughs> let's do this. And so we leave and this is our first time like ever on the subway alone. So we missed the D train like twice. Uh, <laughs> ended up getting down to where Will was and then we rollerbladed along. I don't even remember where it was. We ended up in kind of like Battery Park area. Oh, wow. And yeah. the streets down near the Staten Island Ferry are just like not paved. Okay. Um, and so at this point, Will's super far ahead of me. Katie's pretty close to him. And I'm like, I got to keep up. And so my head's straight like looking at them, like just trying to make up the time. <laughs> I'm not looking at the ground. My blade gets stuck in a rut. Uh, and I fall backwards and I land right on my wrist. And I broke my wrist. And... But like, oh my God. I convinced myself that it was just sprained. And so oh no. I call Will and I'm like, hey, um, I'm not okay. And he's like, oh, you're fine. And like hangs up on me. And I was like, cool, so glad we're friends. Um, he's going to listen to this and he's not happy with me for the way I'm portraying him. <laughs> and then I call him again and I'm like, no, like I'm actually not okay. They come back, we get on the subway, Will has like corn nuts or something. Like I have very vivid memories of the subway. <laughs> Random snack, so like, Will. Eating corn nuts on the subway. We get up to like 72nd Street and get boba. Because like what else would you do with a sprained Why not? broken wrist? Broken we, bones, boba. Yeah. Absolutely. We take the, the B train back up to 145th because it doesn't run past 145th on weekdays. And then have to wait at the 145th Street station for the D, which takes like half an hour. Oh my god. We get up, go out the subway the wrong way. Because it was our first time taking the subway. Oh, we it's didn't amazing. Know which it's it. amazing. Yeah. And so we're like, where the hell are we? Our phones are like almost dead. Oh god. Um, finally make it to campus. We had this dinner to go to, like our first honors dinner, like meeting all the upperclassmen honors kids. And I'm like, well great first impression so I'm like trying to change into clothes and I'm like ow 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 oh ow. my god <laughs> so, like, you're still thinking spring. yeah totally still think it's rain I'm sitting there at this dinner and like I'm icing my wrist the entire time and I'm like like, I can't believe I'm doing this. We had the first Smart Women Securities meeting of the year, and this was the one thing I was told coming into college. As a female finance major, you need to be in Smart Women Securities. So I was like, no way, I'm missing this meeting. Oh my and so God. I go, I'm sitting in, like, Freeman, um, one of the halls in Freeman, like this, with my wrist, like, double the size of what it is. And then, like, finally, after this meeting, this meeting's, like, seven hours after I broke my wrist, this 
girl who's sitting next to me, she's like, I'm taking it to fumes. I'm like, you know, I can just like wait till the morning, whatever, it's fine. She's like, I'm taking it to fumes. <laughs> Good for this girl. She's like, okay, whatever. We walked to fumes, she opens the door, and the guy doesn't even like say anything. He just says like, I'm gonna call my supervisor, and that's when I started to panic a little bit. I was like, if it's just a sprain, no reason he needs to call a supervisor. <laughs> so they stick me in an ambulance, take me to Barnabas. Oh God. And they're like, yeah, it's broken. And then that's when I called my mom for the first time. I was like, mom, I messed up. And she's like, what did you do? And I was like, well, I really want to tell you. A blading incident. <laughs> I was dumb. I was supposed to have an intramural soccer game that night, and I get back like right in time for the start of the game, but all my friends were like, no, 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 definitely no. not. And so my best friend, the one I told you about earlier, brought me a pint of ice cream, and we sat and watched it. Aww. And then five days later, I missed my philosophy class on the Monday morning to go to St. Barnabas for my first appointment. And I get there, and the woman's like, yeah, so your surgery's Friday. And I'm like, what? By what? She's like, yeah, your surgery's Friday. And then that's when I cried. Wait, wait, were you in a cast? I was in a cast. And you got sur what surgery on you? So why? If we're looking at the wrist. Oh, wow, guys, um, there's, there's the scar on the wrist. <laughs> It broke kind of up, up near the hand, I guess. We sure. Could. It broke, like, right there. And then okay. the bone kind of shifted. Oh. So it wouldn't have healed straight. And oh. so they needed to put a titanium plate and seven screws in. What? And I got that done at St. Barnabas. There's seven screws seven, in your arm? Seven titanium screws. There's seven titanium St. <laughs> Barnabas screws in your wrist? Oh my god. Do you go off in metal detectors? <laughs> How cool would that, that be? So cool. Yeah, sorry guys. It's the titanium. <laughs> Just a blading incident. No big deal. Oh my god. Little did you know when you agreed to go blading, you come back with screws. Yeah. Oh, that gives a whole new meaning to my screws are loose. That's insane. That what? definitely caused a bit of panic in me as yeah. a freshman. Oh my god. Where were you living? I was living in Loyola. Okay. Um, and my mom came out for surgery. I was like, Mom, I can handle this. And she's like, absolutely not. And the day I got my surgery, she bought me like a five pound bag of gummy bears. Oh. And then like left me in my room with the gummy bears and went and made friends at Antonio's. She went to Antonio's, oh. like checked the Yelp reviews. Awesome. I was like drinking at Antonio's with the bartenders. <laughs> and she's like, you're fine, right? And I'm like, uh-huh. And you were like, yes, mom, I'm so glad you came for the gummy bears. Thank you so much. Oh my god, I've never broken a bone, so I literally cannot even picture this. Have you What's ever been in the hospital for anything? I've been in the hospital. Okay. I've done the surgery thing, okay. but I haven't. The bones are intact for so now. So imagine that, but like eight times worse since it's St. Barnabas. And I walked to my appointments. I had an appointment every Wednesday. And I walked there. Public safety wouldn't drive me. It was like a mile. And they were like, yeah, like whatever, you can, you can walk. Oh my god, they wouldn't drive you? No. I was so upset. And, but like, I guess it was a great way to see the area. I was gonna say, you definitely, I feel like a lot of the neighborhood was like such a mystery to me yeah. until I like was, you know, am like living in it now and it feels so familiar. But for so long when I was like on campus, I feel like I spent way more time like in the city than yeah. I did just like in the neighborhood. Yeah. I always think back and I'm like, what? Like, what was I doing in my dorm? Like, yeah. in that two feet of space I had in Martyrs. What was I up to? Yeah, no, 
I definitely have explored more lately. I love it here, mm. genuinely, like more than anything else. I my heart belongs in the Bronx. Yeah. But I've been exploring everything, kind of like everything west of Webster. There's a reservoir, kind of like northwest. Wait, yes. And I, that's where I go to clear my head. Yes, I. I also recently discovered the reservoir last semester because I bought a road bike. Her name is Ronnie. That's so and cute. I I feel like it's kind of like a low maintenance baby yeah. because like when I go in the subway with Ronnie, people feel like really nice and they like help me out and everyone's like, oh god, look at this girl fumbling with his bike. Um, but I've been like I, you know what I mean? I'm just like I feel like when, when people see like moms with their kids, they're like, oh, let me help you. Similar thing with me and Ronnie. Um, but she's really sweet. But I've been able to like explore the Bronx more, and I'm just like. I mean, biking is hectic, obviously, because there's no bike lane even at all. Right. But I feel like I've really, like, I have this, like, newfound love and also just, like, understanding of where I am geographically. I feel like for the first two years at Fordham, I was always, like, I was just kind of felt like I, when I was on campus, I was, like, floating. You know what I mean? Like, not tied or, like, tethered to anything. But, like, seeing things, like the reservoir. And you know the really cool building right by the reservoir? Yeah, I don't the know armory. Where, yes, yeah. the armory. I don't know what goes on in there now. I bike by there and I'm like, this thing so is so pretty. cool. I found it when going to my eye doctor. I have terrible eyesight. And I needed contacts, glasses, whatever. I kind of did like the whole find a doctor near me thing on my insurance and found one on Kingsbridge and University. Okay. Um, and so I was walking to the eye doctor like early junior fall and walked past this building and like instantly fell in love. And I take like every chance I can to go and just like sit, sit near there, see it. I love that street. I love yes. Kingsbridge so much. I agree. Um, and then just walking up along the armory up to the reservoir. You know, George Washington marched troops through there. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Cool? They call it Washington's Walk. Everything along the south edge of the reservoir. That's insane. Yeah. Oh my god. So the more you know. That's crazy. It's crazy to think about how much the city has like changed yeah. in all of its lives. So what is your like go-to walking song, album, playlist, um, artist? My Spotify is like my pride and joy. Oh. I have too many playlists. Like I have, I'll make a new playlist and it'll be like new playlist number 206. And I'm like, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, but I've had Spotify for like eight years at this point. Um, and I make a lot of playlists for Ramban. Um, so when I was driving, the, the drive, the driving shift would be four hours long. So I would make a 70 song playlist amounts to like four hours and 15 minutes in case I get stuck in a little bit of traffic. And so it would be 70 songs by 70 different artists. What? And so that's the framework of the playlist. And when, when I finish one, I just start a new one. And now I have like 20 or so of those. And so I created this like master of all the best songs from all of those playlists. And so that one's called The Best of the Ram Band. And it has like 25 followers on Spotify. I was about to say, I know what I'm getting after this year. <laughs> that's, oh my God. I'm like, I'm in awe of playlist makers to begin with. I am not one at whatsoever. My oh, I have one playlist and it's my like songs, um, and I just I just add to that thing and I keep on going. That's incredible. Oh my god! Like, where do you source your music? Um, I'm a big fan of Discover Weekly. Yeah. Um, but I also I can go down these Spotify rabbit holes where I just go through like the similar to where like people also like yeah and I just find artists that way and then I 
emerged from this rabbit hole and I'm like, how is it like 3 a.m.? How have four hours passed? Oh my god. And I just don't even realize that I've been on, like I see Spotify as social media, as like the healthiest form of social media. It re you know what? I like that like reframe of Spotify. Yeah. It absolutely is. Uh, so who is your like greatest of all, like top three artists of all time? Matt Nathanson. Okay. I don't know if you know Matt Nathanson. Do not. Um, Young the Giant. Yes. Um, I've seen them four times live. And then, so Matt Nathanson is like a very personal childhood growth thing for me. And then Young the Giant's a familial thing, like 100%. That's my family's band. Okay. And then like the college growth transformation me is definitely the band Camino. Okay. So, those are my three. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. What are yours? Wow. Now I'm like, what am I? No, mine are Fleetwood Mac, okay. family, my, the amount of tickets my mother has gotten listening to this one very specific live Fleetwood Mac album is insane. And it's like, they talk for about a minute in between each song and I know the talking parts. It just like feels like home. And then... Okay, Blue Mac and then Time. Okay. They are like the first band I listened to in like eighth grade and like felt cool listening yeah. to. And then just today, me and my roommate, two of us home alone, put on like inverse outfits, so red pants, black top, yeah. black pants, red top, um, and performed the entire album to Good. ourselves. Good. So it's just like, it's been like, I still feel, they still make me feel cool. My favorite song by them is Hallelujah. Oh. It hits me right where it hurts. It hits me right where As it hurts. As it should. Oh my god, no. I think they're, and just like the way they've gotten better with yeah. this album is incredible. Um, and I don't often feel cool. Like I'm just not, I'm like a grandma and a mom and just like, I'm just not a cool person. So like when I, when something makes me feel cool, like American Girl by Tom Petty, I'm like, this song makes me feel cool. I'm about to like lock this shit down. Um, and then third, I really like No Name the Rapper. Okay. Because I just love her music, I've, and I really like like poetry and writing yeah. poetry, and it sounds like that to me. But I also met her, That's which cool. was crazy. Yeah. So I think those are my top three. I really like artists that I also feel like I'd be friends with. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not that I'm as cool as No Name, but I like to think that in my dream world, yeah. could, like have a chat. God, I miss concerts so much. Oh my god. Um, just thinking back to like the last concert experience I had. Oh yeah. Um, I was at Mercury Lounge. I don't know if you've been yes. to Yes. It's my favorite place on the planet, Holly. Oh, on my, I've planet. only been once and I was supposed to go. Oh, God. Um, and I went on the leap day. I went on February 29th and saw, I have this, like, bands I'd give a limb to see list. Yeah. Um, and I checked off one of those bands, the last, like, social experience I had. It was a band called The Brook and the Bluff, and it was kind of surreal, like, how it all came together, but I had a ticket. I met a girl at a concert two years ago who was since become one of my best friends. So I was there, I was at this Brooklyn the Bluff concert with her and her girlfriend. And then the other people I was with, um, they were on my Ram Band in December and I was playing the entire Brooklyn the Bluff discography. One of the guys knew me and he's like, hey Sam, like, who is this? I really like them. And I was like, oh, the name's Brooklyn the Bluff. Um, I'm actually seeing them in February. And he's like, would it be weird if we came? And I was like, no. I love so I was there with, these people who found this band because of my Ram Band and this girl who I had met at a concert and I was like, this is just like so... What a serendipitous group. Pinnacle. Yes. Oh, so, oh my god. And that was my favorite album of 2019 for sure and it's just like right in the feels. 
I have the signed vinyl. Oh my god. I bought the vinyl before I even had a record player. Oh my god. And that was your last like social you yeah. you got and I that talked to the, the guys because you know at Mercury you can yeah chat with people afterwards. I've met a fair number of artists at Mercury. I've actually I saw Vacation Manor twice there, and the first time I like introduced myself to the lead singer, and then the second time he recognized me. He's what? like, "You were here last time," and I was like, "The girl with the X's on her hand, the one who was here until like 2 a.m." Um, That's so cool. Vacation Manor was actually the first band I saw alone. Okay. It was a Wednesday night freshman year. It was January 24th. Um, wow. The way my brain works, I was about to say numbers. I'm literally so <laughs> impressed. I can't remember my best friend's birthday, <laughs> let alone this. It was a Wednesday night. I had an 8.30 the next day. I'd kind of been debating, like, do I want to go to this? Do I not? And all my friends were like, just go. Like, whatever. Yeah. You're going to regret it if you don't. So I was like, fine. No one wants to go with me. I'll just do it. Doors opened at 9. Okay. And I go there, and it's literally just me, and, like, I'm the only person there with X's on her hand. And I'm chatting with this lady who's wearing a sweatshirt that looks like it's made of, like, marbled meat, and it's just the fabric. <laughs> marbled meat is not what I thought was going to come out of your mouth after a sweatshirt. <laughs> okay, so she's pulling a gaga. I love it. She's wearing, like, red stilettos, and I'm like, am I in the right place? Yes. Are you kidding? Yes. That is my crowd. So I'm like, oh my god, like this was a bad idea. And I'm feeling that way until Vacation Manor comes out on stage. Then I see them and I'm like, nope, like this is it. This is like where I'm supposed to be, who I'm supposed to be seeing. Me and this lady in the marble meat sweatshirt are having a great time. Oh my god. And, you and then I talked to them afterwards and then I it rained on the way home. And I don't like to ask for help ever. Yeah. And consequently don't like using the public safety van back from the train. So I walked home from the train in the rain and like didn't end up going to bed until like three at an eight thirty. And that was kind of the moment like the first moment of my life where I was like, I am independent. I can't yeah. that I feel like those first of all, I just need to take a moment. Incredible story. I'm like still processing the meat sweatshirt in the stilettos. Incredible. First things first. But I, I totally agree those moments freshman year where you like feel independent for the first time. And I think for me personally, like I was very studious in high school, like to an insane degree. And like the moments where I was able to like prioritize life over school felt like the ultimate liberation. I just felt like the like doors somewhere. I don't know what doors, but they like swung open and I was like, you know what? Like maybe I'm like, maybe I'm like growing up now. Like I'm not in high school. Oh my God. My last concert was, this is a little, a little more basic, I must admit, but the it was the Lumineers at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn. On, in February. In, on Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, And. Did you cry? I, I would have cried. Oh, <laughs> buckle up. Buckle up, did I cry. Um, before, before I tell you about crying, it was, this is literally how cheap I am. My friends were like, let's get dinner and I, at the stadium, and I was like, no way. Like, stadium food is insane. Yeah. Everyone was like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And I was like, I looked at my friends, weird group of people, but and I knew this would hit. I was like, guys, there's free pickles at the, at the ketchup bar. And they were like, yes. So pre-Lumineers, I probably had like... Like a handful of pickles, like a large handful of pickles. And that's it in my system. So I'm feeling weird to say the very least. And then I was like, go, like, 
on the like coming out of this like really weird like breakup but it wasn't a relationship but still like really emotional thing and I was just like sad but I was wearing this dress that I bought and it was like way too expensive but I like bought this dress because it was like the first time after this breakup that I remember like looking at myself and being like you know what you look like beautiful in this so I bought the I bought the damn dress and I wore it to the concert and I had not really listened to the Lumineers in like a year yeah. maybe two years like but in high school they like meant a lot to me in like middle school as well I feel like I grew up with them anyways so we're like at this concert and they're like playing all their songs and they play Oh, I forget what the song is called, but like one of the lines is like, there was a time when I stood in line for love, for love, for love, but I let you go. And and there's a part about like, I saw your face, you're looking fine, oh, whatever. The whole song just felt so like relevant to me and I just remember like looking around the stadium and it's huge. There was like thousands of people there and the Lumineers are tiny specks and I just like lost it. My screws came loose, my titanium screws. <laughs> And I was just like crying and everyone around me like heard, but it was like no judgment and it was, we were like the nosebleediest of the nosebleeds and it was just like such a beautiful like last humanity moment. But it was just such a magical last night with humanity. Oh yeah, no. The, actually, the night before we got sent home, I was at the U.S. Women's National Team game. What? So that was okay. kind of an awesome last night with yeah. humanity. I became a big soccer fan, so I am a huge fan of European soccer, but I didn't grow into that until my younger sister started playing soccer. My dad decided that we were Tottenham fans, okay. because that's where our last name's from in London, I guess. Sure. Um, decided we were Tottenham fans, and then I didn't, like, I watched a couple games, didn't really get into it, until I came to college, and I was surrounded by other Premier League fans for the first time, and yeah. I was like, you know what, like, I'm allowed to do this, I'm allowed to cheer for this team, and, like, build these relationships with people that are rooted in soccer. <laughs> that is remarkable, I love that. And so now I... Baseball used to be like the sport I cared about most and now it's 100% soccer. Oh my god, that has inspired me. I love watching soccer and i played my whole life but I've never like done it. That I love. I've always felt like I needed a sport in my life. Well, it's magical. It absolutely, I always say like, I mean, I'm gonna try and my parents were not helicopter parents, I don't want to do that. But I am gonna like will my kids in the direction of soccer. Oh my god, when my uncles, uncles, if my uncles are listening to this, they are gonna be, they're gonna be like, bring your friend Sam to Ireland, we want to meet her. <laughs> That's the one we want to meet. That is amazing. I feel like I grew up with like the like specter of the Premier League because my uncles were just, are just like such huge fans. But I've never like fully head first into it. I think it's just so fun. Oh my god. I love that you never played too. I love that it's just... There's a picture of me in Massachusetts in 2004 in a shirt that says Sudbury Soccer. Um, and that's it. That's the only thing. And that's it. Like my two months of ever kicking the soccer ball around. And that's just how it is. Where are we in the season right now? Um, it's game 30-ish. I think this is match day 30 coming up. Um, so 38. Okay. So 20 teams, you play everyone home and away. So that's 19 home games, 19 away games. Okay. I'm seeing a plan come together in my head. We go for an egregiously long walk, ends with beers, watching game 38. 
turned from guinea pigs into humans because I was like watching Harry Potter and there's like you know the like yeah, Peter yes the transfiguration of, yeah. and I was like those people are guinea pigs at night my guinea pig looks like that like exactly the thing with McGonagall in the yeah exactly what I had I just imagined them as guinea pigs in their house um looking back I don't know I don't know how right that was I mean obviously you were just like Going with what you knew was true. I was like, it just made so yeah. much sense and to me. And it still does, honestly. I was like, the lineage is complete. And then Mina lived for eight years, which was, it's too long for a guinea pig, I won't lie. And after eight years, I was like, there's still a rodent in my room. God, we recently, my roommate got a puppy, oh. so that's been the recent, like, what source. What kind of dog? Just a mutt. He looks like he just came out of the dryer, and he looks like he's 200 years old, and he's, like, ombre blonde. He's so cute. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I often think about it. I'm like, could I handle a dog right now? I want to handle a dog right now. No, handling a dog right now is like a baby. Like, yeah. he is, and he's, like, five months old. Like, more like a baby than your bike. Oh. Way more like a baby than Ronnie. Ronnie just sits in the corner when I am not using her. Tug is everywhere. He's all over. You live with Izzy. Yes. I'm on RHSE board with Izzy. Oh, oh, wait, what? You, your eyes just lit up when I said Tug, and I was like, have you met Tug? I have met Tug over Zoom. Wow. It all makes sense. <laughs> this is the small world moment we've been waiting for. I love RHS. And I get to talk to a lot of prospective students, which is like 
just gets me going. I was gonna say, I feel like if I had to choose someone to be talking to our prospective student, it is you, Sam. I talked to a kid from India for hours the other day, and he's like, I'm a junior in high school, how do I like get a finance internship? And I was like, whoa, whoa, calm down. First things first, college. Yeah, first things first, just like, get a retail job, dude. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my, as a junior in high school, yeah. I was just like, I wanna work at an ice cream store. Yeah, I babysat and taught a kid's choir. Oh my God, what a, high school jobs. Yeah, honestly, Special they kind of just like went hand in hand because I would go to the kids' choir and then like the parents would come afterwards and be like, I love the way you communicate with my child. Can we hire oh. you as a babysitter? And I'm like, yes. Oh my God, now that is, that's a setup. I had a, the weirdest thing, I was working at my high school job, but it, like in college and we had a tip jar that said like, college fund and someone saw Fordham. This woman came in and saw Fordham and was like, do you go to Fordham? And you live in Swickley? And I was like, yes. And she was like, I have been looking for someone who goes to Fordham and is from Swickley, this tiny town. And I was like, why ever would you say that? She was like, I am from Swickley. I live in the city. My last babysitter went to Fordham. I love both dearly. You are the, the middle of my Venn diagram. Like, will you please babysit for me? I was like, yes, absolutely. And so for freshman and sophomore year, I would just go to this beautiful apartment on the Upper West Side and take care of these two lovely girls. And it was like, it didn't even feel like work. Yeah. It was like the setup like of the hanging century. Out your pals. Oh my God. I was like, what is, this is small. When she looked at me and she was like, I've been looking for someone who Fordham Swickley. I was like, that is so weird. And I am your girl. <laughs> like, literally no one else fills these requirements. I peaked when I was four. Interesting. I feel like I peaked in fifth grade. Both young peaks. I'm waiting for my second. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah, honestly, I don't even know. Like, the best picture that exists of me is from October 23rd, 2004, so I guess I was five. Your, your memory for dates is blowing me away. I am, wow, I can't believe you just knew that. <laughs> That's incredible. What is the photo? I will send it to you after this, and we'll put a link to it in the description. Um, but it's just me chilling at home, and my hair looks all cute, and my skin is like the praise because you have to think of it in context with all the other photos of me that exist, where I either have food on my face or scars. Okay. Like, I was so accident prone as a child. Yeah. Like my parents always tell the story of me learning how to ski when we the 2004-2005 winter we went up to New Hampshire. How are you pulling these dates out? It's amazing. And every weekend they would teach us how to ski and so um, they would say that because they had my older sister and my younger sister who was one turning yeah. or no she was two turning three ish I don't know um, and so one of them would have like Ange between their legs the other one would be watching Maddie and I would point my skis down the hill and oh, just go hell yeah and they were like you such a problem you gave us so much anxiety because like we'd be like oh my god oh my god please turn please turn please turn and then i'd turn at the last moment you're like we knew you were always going to turn but it didn't look like you were gonna that's turn. how i skied as well straight yeah straight downhill down. Back Back to oh yeah i used to have an app on my phone that would tell me how many miles per hour i was going it was great and i'd always have like bruises or something on my face and so we have to look at this photo in the context of all okay. that and realize that any photo of me without food or bruises or scars or scrapes or anything is a good photo that's top tier material 
That's amazing. Where did you learn how to ski? I learned how to ski at the the mountain in Pennsylvania, Seven Springs, and I learned how to ski. My dad taught me, and he taught us no like leash, no ski school. Between his legs, you know, he would like ski behind us, kind of hold us up by our hands. Really cute. And then one day, my siblings both were like doing it on their own, and I was like, Dad, I got this. And I used to just like tuck into a little ball, and I don't know how I didn't die. Like, just go. I think about that a lot. I think about that all the time. I'm like not even a turn in sight. My helmet used to come off because I was like just like no. It was just like so. Oh my god, pure adrenaline. Yeah, I learned in New Hampshire that winter, and then every winter since. I mean, we don't have. Any I was gonna say, where do you? We used to fly up to Utah. Um, my first couple winters in out west, I did solitude in Utah, and that was a very nice mountain for us because my younger sister was still super young, and so we were all kind of learning together. And then we went to the canyons in Park City yeah. after that, and then. Ever since then, I think like 2014 was our first year going to Telluride in Colorado. Because that's a drive, because you don't have to cross the canyon. Like, we okay. fly to Utah because yeah. you, you can't drive over the canyon. Right. Um, but you can drive to Colorado. Are we talking about the Grand Canyon? Yes, okay, okay. I was like, well, you were, we're saying canyon. I gotta check. That's the one. That's the one. Um, yeah, so you just kitty corner New Mexico and go straight up to Colorado, and that's where we've gone every since. But I haven't gone in a long time except this past winter. My dad was like, Look, Sam, we got three days. Let's just go up to Utah. Let's fly up to Utah. Let's be snowbird. And I just went with my dad and had the best time skiing for the first time in like three or four years. We just had so much fun. It's like, I also, my last like trip before quarantine was weirdly snowbird with my dad as well and it is just like there is nothing like it and there's nothing else there no you, just you in the mountain just you mountain snow dad and like a pub later yeah like oh one my pub. god oh me and me and my dad is perry me and perry just like drinking ipas in like the shitty hotel room <laughs> me and my dad too <laughs> we're just like oh man today on the slopes yeah uh me and my dad just like you know looking around like trying to fit in so we don't look like tourists Matt, it's such a, that was like my first like my mom's in ski but all of us do as a family and like i thinking back i don't know how or why they did this but every sunday of the winter we would like pile in the car at like 5 a.m to get to the mountain first and like that was just like hours of just joy you know like I look back on that and I'm like that is when we really became like a cohesive unit and my dad was working like 70 hour week like I don't know how it happened and my mom just like getting all the clothes together just like so much work like bundling three kids up oh my god and like oh just so much work but like that that will like forever it's just like seared in my memory as like I have very vivid memories of us in Telluride. My dad's high school best friend had come to so be cool. there with us. Like they, they grew up, or they went to middle school and high school in like like an hour outside of Tahoe, so like middle of nowhere. Oh my god! Um, and this is like my dad's best friend. We had never met him, and so I'm like, oh, like what are Glenn and Roberta gonna be like? And these people sound really weird. And 
and we're there in Telegrad and these people come and we just get along like so well. These people are treating us like equals and I'm like 15 and I'm like this person who's my dad's age is treating me like he's treating that my dad. That means like, something. That's so cool. And we were listening to Young and the Giant's second album, Mind Over Matter, and I just have like the fondest memories associated with that album. Uh, it's just like meeting these people that are now like they might come to my graduation. That's how big of a oh my god, big of a part of my life these people are now. That's and so cool that they like reconnected like that. Skiing. This album, oh. like, incredible, magic. Yeah. Wow. I love those like. When like saw like when something is like a soundtrack, you yeah. know, to yeah. like a moment in your life. I had a moment like that the other day. I don't know if you know the song Josephine by Dispatch, but that so my high school best friend, she showed me that song and it reminds me of just like sitting in the car with her, just like doing everything and anything, and just like listening to music together. And I had forgotten about the song and then it came on the other day and I literally started sobbing. Oh my god. I was like and I texted her, I was like, I miss you. Oh, God. Just listen to Josephine. I love, I feel like that is, like, music at its best. You know what I mean? When it's just, like, literally, like, I'm such a, like, I'm an external feeler. Like, I'm not a big, like, you know, I don't, like, my emotions spill out the crack. Um, and sometimes I'm, like, I'll just, like, a song will come on just like that. And, like, a, like, sigh will escape me. I'll be like, oh, my God. And I'm, like, that's so ravened into a moment. You know, I feel like I literally stop and I'm, like, there. Yeah. Best. Literally, I, I have so much to do after this conversation. I have to follow you on Spotify. I have to listen to 2014's Free Fear Off. <laughs> Obviously, I have to come see Tug. Oh, and then you have, yes, absolutely. And then let's not forget game 38, walk, Dennis. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, what a joy it's been. This has been the biggest joy. And for everyone listening in, um, I just need to tell them because me and Sam, every time we talk to you, have just been like leaning towards the phone like we can see you. For everyone listening in, we'll link her Spotify because it sounds amazing. You don't want and mine. That picture of me from oh yes, and your 2004 crown jewel moment. Maybe I'll dig up a good one of me. We'll see. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episodes of Our Story Plugged In. Stay tuned for more episodes soon. As always. Follow us on Instagram at Social Impact Storytelling for more updates. If you have any questions about the process of our story or want to join the team, feel free to email rstory at fordham.edu for more information.